Well, thank you, Pastor Chad, and thank you all so much uh, for allowing us to be here. It is so good. Again, my name is Zach Purcell. I am the youth pastor at New Life Baptist Church. Uh, Davey is located just west of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So if any of you have been down there maybe for a cruise or to visit the beaches, that's right where we're from. It really is a privilege to worship with you. I truly consider you all to be brothers and sisters because we share a Savior. And it is so good to be able to proclaim Him together with you this week. So please hear me say Thank you. Thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for letting us come and join your mission here at Eastman. Uh, we don't want to bring our mission. We want to join you in yours. And so we were so excited to talk to Pastor Chad and be able to do that together. Well, I'm going to pray for us in just a moment, but let's look at the scripture. So if you would turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 28 and 29. Colossians 1, verses 28 and 29. And these verses, I hope, will encourage us as we look forward to a great week with Vacation Bible School and for us a great week on mission with you here in Eastman. Paul the Apostle writes in Colossians 1, verses 28 and 29. He summarizes his ministry by saying this. We proclaim Him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Would you pray with me and ask for the Spirit's blessing on this word? Oh God in heaven, we do admit that we need Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you open the eyes of our hearts to see wonderful things from your word? Would you open the mind to see the truth in these scriptures? And Lord, give us joy as we see Christ here in these verses. To the name of Christ, our Savior, that I pray. Amen. In a way, people are like living, walking billboards. As we were coming up I-75 yesterday, as you can imagine, for those of you who have made that trek either north or south, you can't go a square mile without hitting multiple billboards for anything and everything. It always uh, cracks me up when you're headed south. Uh, You see Ron John's Surf Shop all over 75. You you see advertisements uh, for shoes and and for different outlet malls and restaurants, and, and they're everywhere, right? Every one of those billboards is making a statement, a statement about a particular restaurant or or a statement about a particular clothing brand, all kinds of things, but they, they all are making a statement. They're all proclaiming something about a product or a brand or a place you can stop and eat. Well, people are similar to that. We all make statements in how we live. We all make statements and proclaim things as we go from day to day. People make statements by how we dress. For instance, and it did happen this morning, not to pick on one of my young men, but, but if someone came into this room wearing a polo with the University of Florida logo on it, he's making a statement. And, and one of the things he's making a statement about, and I, I feel comfortable saying this about my friend Josh, is he's a very courageous man to do that in bulldog country. Amen? <laughs> 
He's a courageous man. So he's making a statement. I even asked him, I said, well, why do you wear that? He says, I always wear it when I'm out of, out of South Florida because I want to I represent my team. His brother just graduated from University of Florida. He's making a statement. He's proclaiming something about who he loves in a uh, football team. Uh, many other things to say about that. We make statements about how we talk. Not just what we say, but what we talk about. We make statements. Think about newlyweds. What do newlyweds do? Newlyweds are constantly referring to one another in their conversation. You might be talking about the weather, and they'll say, well, my wife. You know, they just bring up their new spouse in that, or, or grandparents. I, I imagine we have some grandparents in the room. Grandparents have a magical ability to, to tie their grandkids into just about every conversation. Well, that makes a statement about you. That makes a statement to everyone. I'm a grandparent, and I'm proud of it. It's not just what we say, but what we talk about, but also we make a statement by how we live, through our actions, through our priorities, how we spend our time. If you tell me how you spend your free time, if, if you do indeed have some of that, uh, I don't have a lot of that, but if you tell me how you spend those extra moments where you're not working, you're not taking care of your family, I can tell you what's important to you, right? That makes sense. How we spend the time that we have reveals what is important to us. No matter who we are, no matter what we do, we live in a way that makes a statement. We are all proclaiming something. So the question is, what are we proclaiming? What are we making a statement about? And as Christians, we don't have to look very far to see what the Bible says we should proclaim. As we just read here in Colossians chapter 1, the job of a Christian is to proclaim Christ. But the question is, how? How can we do that? How can we proclaim Christ when we're on a mission, right? Youth from South Florida, how can we proclaim Christ when we come and do something like this? But how do we proclaim Christ when we come to church every week? How do we proclaim Christ when we're talking to our neighbors next door or going to Walmart or just living our daily lives? How do we do that? How do we live and proclaim Christ? Christ. And as we look at what the Apostle Paul says his ministry was about, my hope is that we're encouraged in our ministry, which as Christians is all the time in how we live. I hope we are encouraged in what kind of statements we are making, who we're proclaiming, and how we can do that. And as Paul casts his vision for his ministry, I hope it exhorts and encourages us to know how we can proclaim Christ. Now, this book we're diving into, we're just looking at two verses, but really we're looking at two verses in the midst of a very interesting book. Paul was writing to a church that he did not visit personally about something they had forgotten. They had forgotten that Jesus was enough for them. People were coming to their church saying, if you want to be a really good Christian, you make really good food for potluck after service. No, they didn't say that. But they were saying things like, you need to worship angels. Yeah, you need to not eat for a certain amount of time and that will buy you grace with God. Well, we know grace is grace because it's free. They forgot that Jesus was enough. And so Paul is proclaiming Christ in the whole book, not just in these two verses. In fact, in the first chapter alone, he refers to Jesus 30 plus times in one chapter. So he's proclaiming Christ. And as he summarizes his mission, it's obvious Paul is about Jesus. Christians as well, we should be about 
Jesus. So let's look at Paul's focus in his ministry. And as we do so, we're going to see three ways that Paul maintained this focus. And this will help us figure out how we can be a statement for Christ in our lives. Well, the first thing, the first way he maintained his focus is that Jesus was his message. Jesus is our message. Look at verse 28 again. We proclaim who? We proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. Paul's message, in one sense, was simple. He preached Jesus. Who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, and what his death and resurrection mean for everybody every day was the main content of Paul's mission. Our, our theme verse for the mission trip is 1 Corinthians 2.2. And it says there that Paul determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And this doesn't mean that every one of Paul's messages solely consisted of talking about Jesus' death and resurrection. But rather, what it meant was when you boiled Paul's message down, it was about Jesus. But how did Paul do this? How did he proclaim Jesus and what he taught? Well, he says specifically that he admonished people. Admonish is a word that means exhortation. It can even refer to counseling. It's an encouragement to do what is right and includes with it an element of warning. An admonition would be, don't run into the street. You might get hit by a car, right? That's an exhortation with a hint of warning in that. A more serious example would be this, friend. You're not living in a way that pleases God. Turn to him. That, that's an admonishment, an encouragement, an exhortation with even an element of warning. And part of proclaiming Jesus means that we admonish people to follow Jesus. Well, Paul admonished, he said, and it says he taught. Teaching means helping other people learn there's teachers in the room, that is your job on a daily basis. If you're a parent in this room, that's what you do. You teach. It's, it's helping your children learn. And that's what Paul did with the believers. He helped them learn. And he did this with all wisdom, which means that he used wisdom to apply the truths of the scripture to their lives. It takes wisdom that God gives. As James 1.5 says, if we lack wisdom, we look to God and God gives that. God gives us wisdom to know how to encourage others in the word of God. So this is what ministry is. This is what it means to proclaim Jesus, partly, is to admonish and teach others about him. And this should be our job as Bible-believing Christians. When you boil it down, we should be about Jesus. Our ministry as Crosswalk Youth Group, your ministry as Cottondale Baptist Church, should be to teach and admonish people to believe and follow in Jesus. This week, you're going to see a little bit of a phenomenon, and that's going to be 44 people at any given time. You'll see it this afternoon uh, wearing the same color T-shirt with a logo on the front. That's your logo. It says, it's very simple, just says Cottondale Baptist Church on the front, and there will be kind of spread out all over the neighborhood this afternoon, inviting people to VBS. But on the back, we're making a statement. On the back of our shirt is just a little phrase. It says, only Jesus only Jesus. That's our theme, if you would, for this year's trip. That I hope as a pastor, that's always our theme. <laughs> but we want to preach Christ and him crucified. And, and that's making a statement. And that's representative of, of what we should do as Christians all the time. We should make a statement. Only Jesus. I want to proclaim Jesus to my grandkids. 
when I speak with them. I want to proclaim Jesus in my Sunday school class by the questions I ask or, or, or the teaching that I give. Our job is to proclaim Jesus. So the question is, is Jesus central to our lives and ministry? Not just on a mission trip, young men and young women from South Florida, but all the time. Not just during VBS, but at all times. You see, we are making a statement with our lives. What is the content? What is the message that we're proclaiming? It should be Jesus, only Jesus. If Christ is not the content of our ministry, then we're doing the wrong thing. And this is because only having Jesus at the center of our ministry will help us achieve the right goal. But what was Paul's goal in proclaiming Christ? Well, his goal was simple. Jesus was his goal. That's the second part we see here. Jesus is our goal. Paul says in verse 28, he's proclaiming Jesus, admonishing every man, teaching every man with all wisdom. Why? So that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose, he's referring back to what he just said. For this purpose also I labor. Paul wanted to present every person. When he uses that phrase, he's referring to men and women. Every man means all people without exception. And if you notice, he said it three times. Do you think Paul has a point here? He wants to teach every person. He wants to admonish every person so that he can present every person. How? Complete in Christ. This refers to being made whole in Jesus. Being made perfect in Christ. Mature as believers. That's the goal for all of us. To be like Jesus. As 1 John says, one day we will see him as he is and we will be changed to be like him. That's our goal. And that was Paul's goal. Jesus was his goal because he wanted each of the people he came into contact with to look like Jesus. Everything he did was for that purpose. As a youth pastor, my job is to help my young men and women to look like Christ. We call ourselves Crosswalk Youth Group, and that comes from Colossians 2, 6. For as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. It means to live every day of our lives in light of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. So everything I do as a youth pastor is for that goal. And it comes down to even basketball. You may think, how does basketball play into that? Well, uh, if you know young men in particular, young ladies too, but young men, we grow as men by playing sports. So we play sports, young men and women. I'm revealing my hand a little bit. Part of it is to help you grow in things like perseverance, to to grow in what it means to love one another even when they shoot a better three than you, right? Everything we do is for a purpose. We have cleaning crews on our mission trip to to help teach servant-hearted attitudes that Christ had when he served us. Everything we do is for that goal, and that should be all of us. You see, this isn't just a goal for pastors, not just a goal for missionaries. It's not just a goal for Sunday school teachers. It's a goal for all Christians to do everything for the purpose of developing others to look more like Jesus. You see, each of us has a part in this ministry. You don't need to turn there, but I do want to read to you from Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, Paul says this plainly. He says that God gave some as apostles and some as prophets, some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. 
God gave pastors and teachers and leaders into the church for the equipping of the saints to do the work of ministry until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to a mature person, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. It is our privilege to help the other people in this room grow in Christ and helping them look more like Jesus. Is this your goal? Is this your goal when you come to church? Is this our goal when we go out on the streets and do outreach this afternoon at 3 o'clock? Is this our goal when we serve in the nursery? When we serve a vacation Bible school? Is this our goal when we have a conversation at Fellowship Meal? It should be. Even lighthearted conversations can be conversations used to encourage one another to want to look more like Christ. To want to look like Jesus. This was Paul's goal should be our goal. Jesus should be our goal and seeing Jesus be lived out in the lives of our brothers and sisters. Now this is a massive task. Massive. Think about that. You're saying, Pastor Zach, that my goal as a Christian is to help these people over here that I love, but I know that they really need Jesus, to to look like Jesus. Are you saying that's our goal? Yes, it is. It is a massive task. But the last thing that Paul focuses on is that it's not a task that we should or even can do on our own strength. You see, Paul was so Christ-centered because he knew he had to be. He did not have a choice. He needed Christ's help. To proclaim Jesus. He needs Jesus' strength to proclaim him. And the last thing we see in these verses is that Jesus is our source of power. We have a massive task, but we have a massive source to help us. Look again at verse 29. For this purpose, presenting everyone mature in Jesus, also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Paul said he labored. It means to toil. It means to strive, to fight. It was even used to refer to competition in athletics. You see, ministry, serving one another as a church, is hard work. Ministry leads to physical exhaustion. Some of the teenagers are already feeling that. We're, we haven't even really started. Ministry leads to emotional exhaustion. We have effort to put forth. We have to make the tough phone call. We have to make the hard conversation. We have to stay up late praying for our families about an important issue. We have to shed those tears for that son or daughter that has walked away from the Lord. We have to work to memorize the scriptures. We have to sacrifice something we want to do to love and serve our families, our spouses, our kids, our siblings. But here's the good news. While the hard work is a requirement, it is not the ultimate factor for whether or not our ministry succeeds. It's not the ultimate determining factor. We work, we sweat, we labor in ministry, but according to the power of Jesus, Paul says. Christ empowers us for ministry. And this is not just like a little energy boost at the end of the day to finish that day out. No, this is a complete thorough power that fills us and it enables us to do those hard things. It mightily works within us. That's what Paul said. It mightily works within me. Without Christ's power, our work, our energy will be worthless. But 
because we have the power of Christ working mightily within us, then we will have the emotional strength to make that tough phone call. Then we will have the love and care for others that motivates us to stay up late on our knees. We will have that discipline. We have to make this the step, but, but God helps us with that. As we memorize the word, he'll help us. We'll have the motivation to sacrifice what we want to do because it's the power of Christ in us. We need Jesus for our salvation. We need Jesus to tell others about that salvation. But we have to labor and strive according to his power, which means we need to consciously rely on Jesus to carry out our ministry. Primarily, this means through prayer. We need to be aware of the fact that we need Jesus. We need to be constantly reminded of our need. We can even remind each other, hey, let's pray about that. And that reminds us that we need Jesus' power to do those things. Maybe even practically, you can do something that makes you rely on the power of Jesus. Some of our youth are going to do that this week as they go outside of their comfort zone to share the gospel from start to finish with someone. Well, that's a great opportunity to trust in the power of Christ because you're outside your comfort zone. Do something that requires you to learn. That requires you to rely on Jesus. It can be hard to learn something new or to do something different. So even practically, we can rely on the power of Jesus by putting ourselves in a place where we have no choice but to rely on the power of Jesus. And this is important because this will remind us that the only reason uh, our hard work and ministry can accomplish anything because of Jesus, that he's helping us. And when we realize that, we've actually come full circle. When we realize we need Jesus' help to proclaim and do our mission, we'll realize, well, actually, he's the content of our message. And then we'll realize, well, he's our goal too. Jesus is just all throughout this, isn't he? That's why we can proclaim Jesus in him alone because Jesus is our message. He he is our goal, but he is also our strength and our power. So the question we need to end with is this. If our lives are making a statement, if our lives are a billboard proclaiming something to the world around us, what kind of statement is your life making? What kind of things am I proclaiming by how I live how I act, even how I dress, that, that, that matters. How am I proclaiming Jesus to my community, my church, my youth group, my world that I live in? Proclaim Jesus, only Jesus. Have Jesus be your message. Have he be the content of what you talk about. Does Jesus come up in your conversations? It could be even easy ways to do that, right? You're sitting down at a fellowship meal here in a few minutes and you can say, hey, how did you come to know Jesus if you're talking to someone you have not met before? Or you can say, hey, what did you read in the word today? Or well, how is Lord speaking to you through the Bible this week? Make your conversation about Christ and you'll notice the more you do that, the more it'll just happen naturally with you. Have Jesus be your goal. Do we come here to church and to our churches to encourage one another to look like Jesus? Oh, may we do that. Discipleship happens one conversation, one touch at a time. Have Jesus be the source of our power. We cannot do this on our own. We cannot. We cannot do this week on our own, young men and young women. We cannot do a VBS on our own. We need the power of Jesus. So let's rely on him. In a moment, we're going to pray, and we're going to pray for God's help for this week, even as we already have many times. But he is our power.
So let's resolve. Let's be like Paul to determine to know nothing among each other but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Let's proclaim our Savior. May he be our vision. We're going to sing an old hymn in a moment where we cry out to God, Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. May that be our determination this morning. Would you pray with me? Oh God in heaven, we sincerely long and desire to see Jesus. We long to see him proclaimed. Lord, we long to have a determination to know nothing among each other but Jesus and him crucified. Oh Lord God in heaven, I do come to you now and I pray that you would indeed be our message. Yes, this week at VBS, but even in just a few moments in the fellowship meal, even this afternoon as we go door to door, even this evening as we are with our families or our friends, may you be the content of what we talk about. And it doesn't mean we, we share a gospel presentation every moment, but what it means is every moment is touched by Jesus because he affects every moment. Lord, I, I pray sincerely that you would give us power this week to proclaim you. Oh, Holy Spirit, that is your delight to make sure that the Son is proclaimed. So I pray, oh, Holy Spirit, you would use us to proclaim Jesus. But oh, we need your help. Lord, we feel it this morning. We need your encouragement, your help as we proclaim Christ and how his crucifixion matters for us. Oh, Lord, give us Jesus. Give us Jesus, we cry. Be our vision. Be what we focus on. Be what our hearts delight in. And it's in the name of our Savior, our focus, that I pray. Amen.